I've spent uh, a lot of services with my black American friends and uh, had a second mother, black mother. She came and stayed with me and sang to me. We worshiped together as I was a kid. And on visiting their church, um, they sang a little song. They said, if I couldn't say a word, I'd just raise my hand. Jesus has got so many ways of loving us. You're bound to like one of them. And I'm not talking about a few tears. I'm talking about transformation. I said, I'm talking about transformation. I'm talking about going in one way and coming out another. I don't know about you tonight. I believe uh, a new portal has opened up for you at this church. It's here. It is here. Because he is here. I've been guilty of the same, but I, I know years ago, Sister Beckton, God rest her soul, she was at the Louisiana camp. And she said, I knew we were having a great service because Brother So-and-So's eyebrow came up. I'm looking at a few tonight. You need to raise both of them. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God, because we are already having a wonderful, wonderful service. And you may ask me, what am I doing? Well, it, it's kind of like when you sit down to a fried chicken supper. It's just so good. You just take it slow. Just savor every morsel and every mouthful as it goes down and registers on your brain that you have put another bird into the ministry. <laughs> Come on. Something that seems we've lost in in this, our spirit-filled circles is, is how to just enjoy the presence of the Lord. Just what you in a rush for. If you need to go, go. God bless you. Drive safely. Amen. But if you want to just, Paul said he's not far from any one of us. If we just, just feel after him. Come on, just feel after him. Mom and dad used to put me in the bed when I made enough noise, you know, put me in the bed with them. And they said, one foot was on one and one hand was on the other. I had to feel for him. I had to reach out. I don't mean to be so juvenile tonight, but Jesus is in the room. He is in manifest. He's always here, but he is in manifestation right now. I wonder if we one more time could just give him some love. Give him some praise. Come on. Out of your heart. Out of the deepest part of your heart. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for the portal that you have opened for this church. Bless your holy name. Bless your holy name. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, you may be seated. God bless you. I'm uh, so happy to be here again with Pastor and Sister Neeland and also to see my Longtime friend, Brother Grigsby. Good to see him tonight. It's good to see all of you. And it's good to see a post-COVID crowd.
crowd. Amen. I, I, I had purpose tonight to uh, share some reflections on this church and this family's recent loss. The last Wednesday night I was here. Logan was right here doing a masterful job of worshiping and singing. And when pastor called me to tell me the news, I, I just couldn't move for quite a while. I began to reminisce, and of course I began to pray about this service here tonight. Some years ago, if I could just share with you, is that okay? Some years ago, I was preaching in Birmingham, Alabama, and it was a church that was uh, had several denominal people there. There were some Holy Spirit-filled Baptists. There were some Holy Spirit Methodists and, and others that had gathered there. At the close of the service, I became friends with um, a United Methodist minister who is my friend to this day, full of the Holy Ghost. He's about to go on a mission trip to Poland to encourage pastors there. And I had read the story of a man named Terry Law um, who founded in 1969 what is known as Living Sound, and it was a music ministry he felt called of God. He was a graduate of, graduate of ORU, and he felt led of the Spirit to form a singing group to go behind the Iron Curtain and other struggling, suffering nations and sing to them uh, with spirit. Some of you have heard of the musician, songwriter, worshiper, Don Moen, and uh, Don was in that, that first group of living sound. They traveled for a number of years, and this Methodist pastor, who is a friend of mine, he traveled in that same group. Uh, they were all in their 20s at that time, and... Um, so for quite a few years they did that. I think it was in 1982 he said that while Terry, they were behind the Iron Curtain in Russia, that Terry received a phone call that his precious wife at home had been, uh, she had lost her life in an automobile accident. And uh, so, of course, he flew home and he considered Oral Roberts to be his pastor. And he was so beside himself with grief, as many of you are, and this family is with the loss of Logan. Terry's feeling was, Lord, you know, looks to me like you could have stepped in and helped me out. After all, I'm sacrificing and I'm overseas, uh, winning souls and singing to people to encourage them and lead them into a greater relationship with the Lord. Looks to me like he could have helped me. He was beside himself with grief. He was overcome with grief, just trembling with grief. We can get beset with grief. Grief takes over. I, I visited this afternoon with 
Brother and Sister Labrie in, uh, in Beaumont. We had lunch together and, and something was said and Sister Labrie mentioned, she said one evening, she said, I heard this sound and she said, we were already getting ready for bed and she said, I, I looked around and she said, I asked Mike, what was that, Mike? And he said, oh, he said, it's, it's, it's a siren of some sort. It's, no, no, no. She said, I recognize that sound. That is, that, that somebody's in trouble. Mike, you've got to go and find out. And so Mike got in his vehicle and he drove and two blocks away, he found a mother face down in her front yard, wailing so loudly that two blocks away, Sister Labrie had heard her wail, her cry, her scream. That's overcome with grief, overcome. She had gone in and found her son deceased in the house. So Terry consults with his pastor, Oral Roberts, and Brother Roberts was a very straightforward, straight-speaking minister and saw a lot of miracles in his time and in his ministry. And as was his, uh, his way, he put his hands on Terry's shoulders and looked him in the eye and he said, Terry, listen to me. I'm going to tell you what to do. We must understand that many times when we face disaster, when we face stresses, that the Lord is going to leave outcomes up to us. We have placed too much in his hand. Don't misunderstand me. He left the outcome in the garden up to Adam and Eve, didn't he? How long, how many millennia could they have gone on if they had just made a right choice? There was choices that were available to them. And I don't want anybody to think that I'm being hard because I, I'm not, because I, I have lived where some of these hurts are. Fresh on my mind, fresh in my heart. Can you stay with me a minute? And... He said, Terry, I want you to go home and I want you to go in your bedroom. I want you to shut the door. I want you to kneel down and I want you to begin to praise the Lord. And he said, Brother Roberts, you don't understand. You just don't understand where... Brother Roberts said, oh yes, I understand. I've lost two children myself. I know whereof I speak. And Terry, this is what I'm telling. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you, that's, that's how Brother Roberts could be. And uh, Terry went home and he shut the door and he knelt down by his bed and he said those, that first praise, word of praise was like lifting a huge boulder. This is against everything I'm feeling. Am I not entitled to grieve about my wife? Am I not entitled to, to, to process these feelings? Am I not entitled to do this? Because it's so, it's so real, it's, 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 it's not pleasant at all, but it seems right at the time. 
But somewhere, Jesus wants to slip a word in which says, He has borne our griefs. Well, that that ought to mitigate the circumstances a tiny bit. Don't you think it? What did you say, Lord? He has borne our griefs and carried. Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how he works his magic. I don't know how. I don't know what he does. But he is a master chemist. He is a master chemist for the soul, for the things of the soul. And if we can just use one of his options, he is going to take us into a place that is better, a place that is brighter, a place that is stronger, a place we've never been before, if we can exercise the option. So Terry kept pushing those praises. And uh, over time, they got, Brother Roberts told him, two hours. Two hours. Starting out with an empty soul. Starting out with a heart that is cratering. Starting out with a heart that is ravaged. That is crushed. That is even entertaining anger at heaven. The Lord, the Lord knows us. We don't need to act like these things don't happen. What we need to do is come to him and admit it and say, I'm here, sir, for some help. You said you were my helper. You gave me the Holy Ghost to help me. Help, Holy Ghost. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. And he prays and a little bit more praise and a little bit more praise and suddenly that that load began to lift a little bit, but here's the thing we've got to relearn in Pentecost is don't stop before you get there. Don't stop because all of a sudden you feel a little bit better. Come on, I and you are entitled to an overwhelming, outstanding, uplifting, soul-bending victory. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is mine. Terry got up from there and they turned a corner in living sound. Now they understood in those countries where people are battered by their governments. They came in there and they began to sing songs of praise. And people were liberated there. Don Moen said that in one service, they felt such an, a, a, a manifestation of the Spirit of the Lord. He said, I didn't even dare open my eyes. But he said, when I did, everything in the building was either on their knees or on their face. Why? The manifest presence of the Lord had come because they chose the option to praise God in the midst of their infirmity. 
And I don't mean just a few little words. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm talking about warfare praise that pushes, that bends, that backs the enemy up. He can't take it. God, act, God walks and works and habits himself in the praises of his people. But because I give him five words doesn't mean the job is done. Come on, build the house for Jesus to come and live in. Build that house. Press through condemnation. Press through darkness. Press through depression. Push against it and announce to the devil, this is my right. I am in dominion here. I have authority that heaven gave to me and hell cannot stop me. At the end of two hours, he was on his feet and however the Lord does it, where he allows us to continue to be sorrowful, to be sad, to feel the loss, but not be incapacitated by it. I don't know again, I don't know how he does that. Just right on the heels of that, there was a, a little lady whose son had taken his life. And the family was gathered around at the house, visiting and she was sitting there just wringing her hands and she got up and said, I've got to go out for a little bit. They started to follow her thinking, oh no, she might be so despondent that she tries to do something to herself. But after a couple, three hours, she came back to the house with a spring in her step and a glow on her face. And they said, what in the world has happened to you? She said, I began to praise the Lord. I began to exercise my option that he gave to me. No, he didn't instruct me to do it. He told me it was available to do and I took him up at his word and I pressed through and now look at me. I'm a changed woman. For nearly six years, from diagnosis or from the beginning of suffering to the end of her life, October the 5th at 10 minutes after 8 o'clock, my sweet wife of 39 years and 25 days left to be with the Lord. And if she didn't make it, there ain't no need me trying. <laughs> Just being honest with you. I'm glad you didn't say amen. <laughs> and last seven weeks of her life, she was at home in a hospice bed in our living room. Just the two of us most of the time. I had physically had my hands in about everything pertaining to her body. I had dressed wounds. I had disconnected her from chemo pumps. She had a colostomy. And if any of you know anything about those, they're not pretty. And there I am with her. And if she were still alive, I'd still be with her because that's what I stood at the altar on. 
1982. <clears throat> uh, probably a week before she left us. I was standing there and she was already mostly asleep all of the time, non-responsive to some degree. And I stood at the head of her bed right beside her. And I'd been crying, mourning what I felt was sure to come. And as clearly as I have ever heard any of you, I heard Satan speak. <clears throat> and he said, there will never be another for you. This is it. And I lifted my voice back to him, that impudent thing. And I announced to him, you don't know what you're talking about. Out loud, I said this. I said, I am the son of the living God. I, if you have forgotten, am covered by the blood of your dominator, Jesus. I have been delivered from your clutches. I no longer serve you. I serve the one who takes you out. And I'm telling you the same God that brought this one in my life has got another one out there. Don't anybody get any ideas, okay? <laughs> and then in the midst of my tears, I remembered Isaiah's words. He's given us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. And so I spiritually anointed myself with the oil of joy for my mourning. I put on beauty and cast off the ashes and I literally, physically standing in the room where it seemed that death was imminent and I lifted my voice with tears running down my face and I said, I praise you, my living God. I give you all of the glory. I give you all of the praise. I will not be beset by what I see and have been seeing here. I will give you the praise. I will give you the glory. I will lift your name. I will rejoice in the face of my enemy. And I'm saying to the Pentecostals of De Quincey that that option is open to every single one of you individually and it is open to us corporately tonight and if somehow we can link our souls together and say this, God is going to take this, I'm choosing it to be this way. I'm making, I'm choosing the option that he is going to take that that has devastated us, that has, has robbed us of joy, that has caused us many tears and we are going to 
give this into the hands of Jesus and watch him manipulate things and watch him turn things to a greater blessing that we have ever seen. He is a, he's an alchemist. He can, he can transform stuff. He, he took Peter and he said, Peter, son, you know, you've been pretty self-willed. You've been pretty strong-minded and you've announced what you thought was right. But I'm going to tell you, you did that while you were young. But when you were old, another is going to come. And he's going to gird you. You're going to stretch forth your hands and another is going to gird you. And he is going to take you. I don't know about you, but I, I am overjoyed tonight at my journey with Jesus. I am just thrilled beyond words. You say, what's changed? I, me? Amen. Me. Amen. And I've started exercising some options that have been there all my life. And I have told him, now Jesus, I've been studious and I have studied and I have learned, and I have gone, and I have sat at the feet of everyone, but not sat at your feet as much as I should have. So you now have me on your hands. And I just believe that you're ready to do something with me and something through me that you have never done before and I'm willing to be foolish for you. I'm willing to run for Jesus. I'm running for my life. <laughs> Got to get it where you can do it. Come on. That was another one we sang, I'm running for my life. If anybody asks you what's the matter with me, just tell them I'm running for my life. I'm dancing for my life. I'm praising for my life. I'm giving God glory for my life. Come on, when it happens, when you do it and you do it and you do it, heaven is going to reward you for exercising that option in the spirit. You can't obey him and him not reward you. Brother Terry Smith, who came out of this local assembly, shared at Brother Cole's funeral that Brother Bennett, being the authoritarian prophet that he was, would often call on Brother Cole, call him Bubby, Brother Bubby. I need you to stand up and dance. Whoever heard of such in our modern day? And so he'd do that. 
and he got tired of it. So Brother Smith was in the office and Brother Cole came, seated there at Brother Bennett's. He said, Brother Bennett, I, I want to talk, of course, with great respect. I, I want to ask you about something. He said, yes. He said, I, I kind of get tired, Brother Bennett, of you calling on me and just instructing me to do something. <laughs> Brother Bennett said, Brother Bubby, Hadn't the Lord blessed you every time you obeyed me? He said, yes, he has. Well, then what's the question? Come on. And when I get ready to obey him and exercise the option that he has placed, you will choose your outcome. He has borne my griefs. Don't look at anybody else. He's borne my griefs. He's carried my sorrows. Smitten of God and afflicted for my sake. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him and with his stripes we're healed. Come on, as pastor said, we're gonna go right on believing. We're gonna go right on holding to the word. We're gonna go right on holding to it and standing by it until we receive the open manifestation that God has said in his word belong to us. Can I get a witness here tonight? I'm going to close with this. Some of us wonder, how can we get there? How can we get there? And I've touched on this in previous Wednesday nights. You need to be delivered from two things. One is comparison. All of us have seen the Nona Freemans and the Vestimandans. And we have heard how their manner, mode, and method is the one. And so we assay to become Nona and Vesta. And we wonder why we become so discouraged. I just heard a rat licking ice. <laughs> Did you get my drift? That means come on with the praise. Come on with some amens. Come on with some hallelujah. And all of us have done it. Brother Verbal Bean came through with a great revival in Bay City. Brother Cole was pastor, and we all needed to become Brother Verbal Bean. So we walked around and exercised what seemed to be gloom and melancholia, trying to become Brother Bean. There's no way we could come become Brother Bean because there's only one Brother Bean. And there's only one of you. And there are nine significant differences about you from everybody else. 
Your iris print is different. The print of your ears are different. The print of your lips are different. The print of your tongue is different. The print of your voice is different. The prints of your fingers are different. Your gait, your walk is different. And your toe prints are different. No twins have the same. Cloned animals do not share total identity. That means one thing to me. That God saw you significantly. And he's called you to do something no one else can do. We've often heard he'll raise up somebody. No, no, no. He doesn't want to raise it. He wants to raise you up. He wants to fill you up and send you out and let you bless your world like I can't bless it. You can talk to people and minister to people that I will never be able to make understand, but they'll understand the way you say it. You'll tell it with your experience. You'll tell it with your way and your fashion. Stop comparing. Stop being, secondly, pushed into a performance mode. Yes, we are all supposed to lift our voice and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. That's the Bible. We're all supposed to do that. But some of us are a little bit slower than others. Some of us, our joyful noise is a little bit less than others. I never liked to have a walk with Wiki because she took big, long strides, and me with my little dachshund body, I was just coming along like this. You know, dachshund, long body, short legs. Some of y'all suffer with the same thing. And she was always three steps ahead of me. I said, sweetheart, can we? Well, she tried, but it, it hindered her. And I try, and it hindered me. So stop the performance mold and let Jesus bind you and carry you where he wants you to go. I know so many people that, you know, we're raised in Pentecost that when you have a prayer meeting, you're supposed to be loud and you're supposed to be long. Have y'all forgotten? Are you, has it been that long since you had a prayer meet? <laughs> Loud and long. And I, I've prayed loud and long. I have. I've done my share. But when I begin to let heaven Take me where he wanted me to go. Come on. With the nuances of, even our personalities are all different. Melancholy, phlegmatic, choleric, sanguine, and mixes of all of that. It's crazy. Crazy. Men have got these boxes in their mind. Everything's segregated. And, and you girls, you're just a mass of wires. <laughs> I can't be you and you can't be me. That's right. Thank the Lord. 
but I can thrust my hands, my soul out to him and say, Father, carry me where you want me to be. And by his inimitable, wonderful, loving way, he will pick you up and take you into the flow of the power and peace and joy of the Holy Ghost. I am a living witness of the power. Raised in this, heard it, A to Z, east to west, heard it. Gone through it, suffered because of it, could figure it out, but finally at his feet. I exercised my option. And he brought me to a place of great satisfaction and joy. Let's stand together, please. For there is a level that you have sought and you have wondered how to get there and you have wished for it, you have longed for it. But I have come to you tonight to show you, to tell you, to demonstrate to you how to achieve that level, how to come into it. And it is not hard like you thought, but it takes your diligence. It takes your will. And you will not be embarrassed nor ashamed when you get there because I've given you the word and you must take hold of it and you will see the results and the reward. For I am your heavenly father and I have spoken these guarantees unto you. If you will seek me, search for me, follow me. I'm not hiding from you. I am looking for you to come to me. And when you do, I will fill you with all that you long for and desire. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Just a little bit of praise. Just a little bit of praise. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. How great are you, Lord. How great are you, Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Pastor, please come. God bless you, everyone. Thank you, Lord. We receive that word tonight. Thank you. So I'm going to tell you what I got from that tonight. This morning in my prayer time, I never, I never asked for one thing. All I did for, I don't know, it doesn't matter, but for a while, is I just gave thanks. Because there's sometimes that you don't know what to say, right? You just don't know what to say. But I, I just gave thanks. And I loved what you said tonight. I'm going to 
I have the option to get better or to get bitter. And I'm going to choose the option to get better. And it doesn't mean, I don't want you all to think that Brother Ashcraft is coming up here and saying, if you praise the Lord tomorrow, then all of a sudden everything's going to be okay. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying that your sorrow and your sadness is going to go away tomorrow if you praise the Lord. That's not what he's saying. But what he is saying is, is that if you will continue to choose that option, God is going to present himself in such a way to you that is going to become more real than you have ever known. Did that make sense? And so this church is going to choose the option to give thanks in all things because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. We don't thank him for it, but we thank him in it. There's a difference, right? And so we're going to choose that option. We've all come too far now to turn back. I'll say this and then we're going to sing and close. Janet and I were talking and I'm going to paraphrase here, but here's the, here's the paraphrase. Jesus had done, had spoke some hard words. And after they heard these hard words, many, the Bible says, turned around and left him. He was speaking about, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. And they didn't understand the spiritual application of that. They thought he was literally talking about cannibalism. And they like, that's crazy. He ain't doing that. So they turned away from him. So then Jesus, the Bible says, looked at his disciples and he said, will you go also? And the disciples looked at him and said, Lord, where do we go? You have the words of eternal life. So y'all, I'm not turning to a bottle tonight. That's not going to help me. I'm not going to throw my Bible in the street. That's not going to help me. I'm not going to shoot up anything or snort or sniff. That ain't going to help me. So where do I go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. So I'm going to choose this option. And I'm going to give you thanks. Hallelujah. Would you just entertain the presence of the Lord here? Come on, just for a minute before you go home. Choose the option. Does it mean that all of your sorrow, your tears... Does it mean your heartache... It means you choose the option to get in His presence. No other place I'd rather be in your presence. In your presence, I
going to do tomorrow, Pastor? I'm going to get up in the morning. And I'm going to drink me a little something. And I'm going to sit in my chair. And I'm going to just say, Lord, you know what I need today. And I'm going to just stay there. You know what? Most of you in this room, you're afraid of silence. Would you please turn your TV off and your radio and your playlist and your phone? Would you please and just get silent and let the Lord speak to you? And even if He don't say anything, would you just stay there long enough so His presence can come? And let His presence touch you. Because in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. Amen. I love you. I'm praying for you. We're going to make it through. I said we're going to make it through. We will. We will make it through. Johnny and Cherie, Lauren, Connor, Copeland's, the Browns, this, all this family, I want you to know you're not alone. We're lifting you up in prayer. Amen. Jared, I love you. I love you. To all this team, I love you. And the best thing that we can do for the Copeland family is to lift them up in prayer and let the Lord bring us through. Can I get a witness? Here's one of those one another's. Love one another to our guests tonight thank you thank you so much for being in this house our hearts are open our hands are open we don't ask you to look like dress like do anything like we just want you to come and let us love on you and let the presence of the Lord minister to you and God has a way, right? He has his ways. If we'll just give him that option. God bless you. May the Lord be with you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. May you be at the right place at the right time. I hope to see you Sunday morning. Sister Kaylee's going to sing. She's going to sing you out of here tonight. You be safe. Have a good night's rest. I hope to see you Sunday. I bless you.